Hey, it's Kathy. I have something so fun to tell you about. You may know that the doors are open to my new program, The Abundance Method, but if you enroll by May 15th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific, you're going to get my signature business program also made to do this. That's a $3,000 program that you are going to get for free included if you sign up by May 15th, just before midnight Pacific time. Made to do this is a phenomenal program that has helped thousands of souls to start businesses, to be able to make a living doing something that they love. This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. And if we keep filling ourselves with food and fuel and goodness, our mood is going to be different. Our health is going to be different. Our relationships are going to be different. Our awareness is going to be different. Everything's going to be so high vibration that you're just going to have the life that you were destined to have. And then you can go off and be a warrior of change. Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Also, thanks to Canva Pro. Canva Pro makes it easy to create stunning visual content in any format from social media posts to videos, presentations, and websites. Get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. We have such a fun episode for you today. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know, I am so excited about the retreat that I'm doing here in just two weeks. It is sold out officially, but... We've seen over the last couple of years for sure that there are sometimes plans that get changed. So if you want to get on the wait list, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux and you can get on the wait list. Well, I want to dive right into today's episode because Alicia Silverstone is here and it was really so much fun to talk to her. And I know that you guys are going to enjoy all of what she had to say because she's such an incredible person. You probably know her best from her iconic role as Cher in Clueless, but you might also know her in Aerosmith videos. You also might know her from other movies she did like The Crush, but she is so much more than what you see on screen. She's the co-creator of My Kind Organics, a New York Times bestselling author, a podcast host, a mom, and a lover of animals. Her My Kind Organics company is doing so much good as a leader in innovation and sustainability with farm to supplement multivitamins, herbals, targeted nutrients, and gummies. In fact, her My Kind Organics vitamin line is the first ever food-based organic non-GMO vegan supplement. And she's going to tell you in this conversation why that's so important to pay attention to and what's really in your vitamins. If you want to start healing yourself and this beautiful world we all are here to inhabit, then definitely read her book, The Kind Diet, A Simple Guide to Feeling Great, Losing Weight, and Saving the Planet. And she has another beautiful book on motherhood called The Kind Mama that you should really check out. There's also her website, thekindlife.com, which is a super valuable resource for all things healthy, green, and eco-friendly, and also just how to make life as kind as possible. Lately, she's entered the world of podcasting, so you can go listen to her show, The Real Heal with Alicia Silverstone. They just wrapped the first season and she had great guests like Ed Begley Jr., Kevin Smith, Dr. Zach Bush, and so many more great people were talking with her about what it takes to truly heal ourselves and our communities and the planet. 
I've been such a fan of Alicia since I was so young, so it was really fun to sit with her. But what's most impressive beyond all her success is just how dedicated she is to spreading love and kindness and how humble she is. And she wants to bring awareness about how we treat ourselves through the things that we put in our bodies and how we treat each other and the animal world. She's really found a way to use her platform to stand up for what she believes in. And I think it's such a testament to how much change we can really create when we allow ourselves to be a vessel for what is our truth and what we're meant to spread in the world. So I know that you're going to be enjoying this one. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Without further ado, please welcome the spectacular Alicia Silverstone. Alicia, this is such a fun day for me because I'm one of those people who's a card carrying big fan of yours for so many reasons. And I get to sit with you. So it's like my birthday. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm really happy to be here. You seem so lovely. You're so lovely. And you're so lovable. And you're so it's like too many of the good things. It's like she's pretty and smart. And she's also kind. How does that happen to a human? I don't know. But you're so intent on being in integrity and really the all the other shiny things, which is just it's the jackpot. So I want to know before we start talking about all the cool ways that you're literally helping the planet right now, I want to know what the heck was happening with you when you were a kid, before we found out who you were, was there just like this whisper of like, I'm going to do big things. Like when did that sort of surface for you? I think two things were happening at the same time. On the one hand, just like every kid, I was performing for my parents. You know, your your friends come over and their parents have people over and you put on a show, right? And I don't know if they're just were delusional and <laughs> telling my dad, you know, that I was there's this one woman, Pat Forrest, who said to my dad when I was like four years old, no, she's going to be something. And I think that when that was said, I don't know if that's just power of words. So then we all went along with encouraging or supporting whatever that was, that dancing, that performing, that thing, or if it's just, you know, luck, because I'm pretty sure that every kid performs for their kid, for their family. Um, But I was really interested. I was dancing since I was little and my dad took me to see theater in England all the time. So I was watching West End theater and that's what I thought acting was. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't even watch movies or really know much about them. I mean, I watched Sound of Music on, let's, we had one VCR tape of Sound of <laughs> Music and of the Three Stooges. So that's what was influencing me. That's your total view of life. Sound of Music and the Three Stooges. You okay? can get by with that. Like, it covers a lot of ground. Um, if you really look at it, it makes sense. With a little it does, actually, now that I'm, it actually does. Yeah. Oh, there was a little Bruce Lee thrown in there, but that's just because my brother was watching it. So I'd peek, but then I wouldn't, wasn't so interested. Although Bruce Lee's vegetarian, so he's my hero. Um, <laughs> but then the other thing that was happening at the same time was a lot of, you know, not so great things growing up. And so I was really like, I was an intense, deeply thoughtful person who was trying to figure things out. And I couldn't see a lot of truth around me. I was trying to find the truth. I saw a lot of suffering, you know, in, in animals. I saw suffering in myself. And I was going to Hebrew school and listening to those. I heard your Yiddish earlier. I know you did. 
So I was in Hebrew school and hearing them talk about these very deep things, but it seemed sort of superficial in how people were living them out. And I was just for some reason not okay with that. So when they would talk about the Holocaust, I'd be like, yeah, but what's happening in Darfur right now at 12? And the rabbi would be like, can we just talk about the Holocaust? Like my whole thing was, yeah, I get it. We want to talk about what happened to us, but what's happening to all of us collectively right now. So for some reason, I think my sense of the world was that there are things that need to be fixed and I want to be a part of it. And I needed in my bones to figure it out. So when I went to acting school, it felt like therapy. I didn't know what therapy was yet, but it felt therapeutic to stand there and watch other kids who were older than me crying about their parents. It was okay to not like your parents. What? You know, it was okay to have issues to see, you know, and I was like narcoleptic at the time. I would just fall every time something went wrong. I just go and fall asleep because I couldn't handle it. So that eventually got out of my system. But yeah, so I think it was just figuring out that there was a lot that needed change. I was a truth seeker. I've always wanted the truth. Truth makes me feel safe. I don't like being lied to. I don't like things that don't add up. I just need to know what's really going on. And I, unfortunately for everyone around me, I have a radar. So I know (laughs) in second something's like, it's like, CNN, the ticker tape at the bottom, what's going on. That's amazing. And so cool to hear about you and what was going on for you at such a young age, because you're definitely doing all of that now. And the platform that you built in acting, you know, wow, it really has allowed you to bring so many people into awareness of so many things and what a gift that you could use all your gifts, right? And you can continue to do that. And I mean, really and truly, like, that is the point of Hebrew school is like tikkun olam, like we're supposed to be fixers, like we're supposed to like help, you know, and so like, that's the most Jewish thing that you could be doing and saying. And the fact that some people don't get it is really such a bummer. Like, (laughs) come on, how do you apply what you just said to your day on every level? So I love you so, so, so much. And I didn't even know most of those things, but I inferred a few of those things from you. And I want to say that I loved my rabbi. No disrespect to my rabbi. He was amazing and sweet and lovely and doing beautiful things, I'm sure. Yeah. And you just wanted to take that goodness and say, can't we broadcast this and yeah. help? Da, 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 da. So now tell me what happens. Like, I know you were doing tons of acting, right? Before Clueless, before, like you were doing tons of stuff. Like I know your credits and I remember you from a lot of those shows, but then there was like this big giant earthquake called Clueless, right? What was that like for you experiencing that? Like the day after this movie opens and you're literally the biggest thing in show business. Like, what is that like for you to go through that? I remember the day I was in New York and I was in a Four Seasons hotel, you know, like living it up (laughs) because I was there to do press junket for the film. And, um, you know, I'd had little tastes like when The Crush came out, I won, you know, best villain and best newcomer actress. And that was when people would sort of go, oh, that's the girl from The Crush. There was a lot of that going on. And then the Aerosmith videos were the next thing that really blew up, even though I did like nine films 
a film with James Gandolfini in France, you know, with Alan Corneau. And I did all these, a Jeff Goldblum film with, did other things, a movie with Raquel Welch, like all these things, the babysitter, many, many. You're like, I am sophisticated and I'm really good at my craft. And all of a sudden I'm saying as if, and you all think that I'm somebody like, haven't you been around? It was even before that. So people were going, that's the Aerosmith chick. And I was like, excuse me. I am... <laughs> Yeah. I was just, what? And then, uh, but it was, you know, all that attention. I was a young woman, so it was not landing super well, let's be honest. And I was very intense about finding the truth still. And I wasn't aware yet of the animal stuff. I was sort of not there yet, but I just had this deep need to get to the truth of things and to survive and to fix what was happening in my own life. So anyway, comes Clueless. And now, yeah, now it was like, that's Alicia Silverstone. And then I couldn't go anywhere without people, you know, it was really an intense time. And I was being followed everywhere. And I was being chased through airports. And it was really scary, like legit terrifying. It was. And um, I think because we have social media now, and we can post pictures of ourselves, we're less interesting. I mean, they still follow you a lot, but it's different. There's a different kind of intensity to it. You can kind of be in control. Like I, when my son was born, they stayed outside for seven weeks waiting for a picture of him. But what I did is I took a picture of him instead and released it. And then they all drove away. So it took me seven weeks to figure, no, maybe it was five weeks, but five or seven weeks, it took me to figure out to do that. And then they all went away because there was no longer, you know, that picture was exposed to the world. So there's a little bit more control we have now over art so that we don't get harassed, I think. Well, no, I mean, I think it's very eye-opening because I think that we live in a culture where people think that that's the luckiest, coolest possible thing that ever happens to a person. And they don't realize that going to lunch becomes something that doesn't feel awesome. And especially at that age where we're all going through our own inner world and then everything about you is just under a magnifying glass. Yeah, um, I think that could be quite difficult. So how did you get through that period? And what did that then make you desire next? Like, did that make you feel like, yeah, I'll just keep doing these like blockbuster things? Or did you feel like, yeah, this kind of makes me want to pivot a little bit? I think I gave the middle finger to the whole thing, to be honest. And I just, I just, you know, I didn't have a sense. I didn't have people around me who knew about longevity in this business or anything like that. And so I didn't really know much I was just acting blindly. And so what I was doing was, okay, I don't like this. I'm out. And I had no concept of, well, but I love acting. And if I go anywhere, this might not be here when I return. But that didn't matter because I was, what, 19, 20? So I continued to work a little bit. But then things just got, I just don't think I landed so well. And my awareness about animals and what was happening in the world with animals became really, really powerful for me. I loved my dog so much. And I realized that he was capable of the same kind of love and joy and pain as a cow or a pig. And why was I treating my dog differently than a cow mm-hmm. or a pig? And it was just because those are the animals that we live with. But I could live with a cow and kiss that cow and have the cow lay on my lap. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I just recently had a turkey sitting on my my lap and and oh no maybe was it a turkey or a chicken I've had both and it was sort of purring like a cat and sitting into my lap like a like a cat and I was able to kiss this little creature and I just wanted people to know like I didn't know this and Mm -hmm. if we don't know this we can't act accordingly so once all this became 
you know, I started realizing I'm, I basically make out with my dog. He sleeps with me. He's in my bed, (laughs) my boyfriend. And, but I'm willing, you know, if I hit him, he's going to, it's going to hurt him. If I cut him, it's going to hurt. And, and if I put him in a space where he can't move, it's going to hurt him. So I started to be aware of what creatures are going through and why one is okay. And why we torture one and not the other seemed insane to me. And I started to become aware and the, what the suffering that goes on. And that's where all my focus went. And it was sort of like, I, maybe it was an escape from my own dealing of what I was going through. Cause I certainly didn't have any sort of emotional, mental health support at that time mm-hmm. in my life. So I, just went into helping the animals and that made me feel really good. So I just sort of didn't care about my acting anymore and I didn't care about, and then I started writing books and I, you know, went on this whole journey. And then one day I went, wait a second, I love acting too. Can I do it both? And then I had to start all over again. And that's sort of where I've been and luckily been able to do such great stuff and been having so much fun working. So that's amazing and really important for everybody to hear. I think that it really is a giant thing that we all can't really even grasp. I think maybe we could get one ounce of what it was like for you, but it's, it's very, very big. And at the same time, you have a whole other facet to who you are, which is the meaning you want to make out of your life. And this started to be very, very loud and you couldn't not see what you were seeing. And so tell everybody then what you're like, cause you're doing so many things with helping animals and writing books. And like, when you wake up every day, And then we'll go into some of the details of like the organic vitamin line and then the books. But when you go to sleep every day, if if people knew one thing from you that they could do to change how they're interacting with the world or with life in general, what's that one thing you're hoping to get across? Mm, It's such a good question. It's not going to be like one sentence. I'm going to try and say it in a sentence, but I think it's, I really want people to know that they are responsible for what happens in the world, that every action that you take, you have so much power and you are in control of the suffering that occurs in the world, whether that's the 9 million people who die of hunger a year because we feed the food that could go to those mouths to animals. And I can explain in detail why that doesn't work, but the food that could, to make one steak, it could have fed villages of people, the amount of resources. It's an inefficient use of resources. And all it does is put money in the pocketbook of these corporate machines that we call agriculture. And it's not a little farmer that's your friend down the street. Like that's just not what it is. 99% of all farms in America are big business. You're giving money to the man. You're not giving money to the little guy. And in turn, you're also hurting your body. So I think what I would love people to wake up every morning going, I can make choices today. And every single way I spend my dollar, it's really about where you spend your dollar. Every single place I spend my dollar, I can be thoughtful about that choice. And that can lead to kindness and world change. Because if I make choices with my fork and with my dollar that represent my values, I don't want to cause harm to myself. Because every time you put animal food, sugar, you know, I mean, sometimes we're going to do these things. It's not, you know, and also that you don't have to be perfect. That's the other thing that I want people to get is that it's not about perfection. Perfection, hey, let's move in that direction. But 
we can fall off all the time as long as we just keep getting back on. So the easiest thing for someone to do, because it's hard to condense all of these thoughts, is to read my book, The Kind Diet, because there I outline all of the information about why you might want to do this for yourself so that you can have the life that you were meant to have, so that you can feel. Because I guess the main thing I want for people is less suffering. And suffering comes from the where we put our dollars and where we put our fork. And if we keep filling ourselves with food and fuel and goodness, our mood is going to be different. Our health is going to be different. Our relationships are going to be different. Our awareness is going to be different. Everything's going to be so high vibration that you're just going to have the life that you were destined to have. And then you can go off and be a warrior of change. So that's what I want. Does that make sense? Yeah, no small thing. What you were just saying is so important. And I want to ask you about this because we had Dan Butner on the show who discovered the Blue Zones. And he was like, I've literally written five New York Times bestsellers about how being vegan, you will live longer and people still don't do it. <laughs> like I, I, I looked at the, you know, he's like, I looked at these places around the world and said, why are people in these regions living longer? Some are in Luma Linda, California, some are in Italy. It's not the weather. It's not their religion. It's their food. Like that's <laughs> number one, right? And number two was like meditation. So I said, this makes me cry. Like, why are we feeding ourselves and then getting sick? So what do you have to say about that? I think part of it is maybe people feel really overwhelmed by it. How do we lean into it even halfway as we're sort of on this journey? Because clearly the evidence is in yep. and we need to eat this way, not only because it's kind to these animals, but also to ourselves, like you were saying. And our planet that we won't have soon. Just that small thing. You know, just small thing, 50% of almost, I'm around. It's like one third of all global warming is caused by animal agriculture. And it, the percentage <sighs> of it roughs out to like almost 50%. So when we look at that, you go, well, you know, if you want to have a place for your children to live or a place for your grand, their grand, like it may not even be possible. You know, I, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to get really, really, really hot, which we already know is yeah. happening. And it's going, there's going, it's going to be unbearable to live. And this is so terrifying and it's so real. And we have and to talk about there's, it. There's scientists who are like getting, there was some guy who chained himself to a, um, can't remember which building, some horrible corporations building because he said, we, I've been doing same thing as Dan said, I've been doing this research. We've been showing you, I'm a scientist. I've been showing you over and over and over. We've been showing you since I don't know. It's been since like 1960 that they've been talking about what they needed to do. And yet you're not listening. My children are going to suffer like he was in tears. Anyway, the point is that oh, there are many reasons to do these things. So I hope to be inspiring in a way of like, look, it's fun and it's fascinating <laughs> in a fun, fashiony way. Like you can be fabulous. You can look great. I mean, the bottom line is being kind to the earth, being kind to the animals and being kind to people who are starving to death. All of those things are knocked out with one bowling ball if you're just kind to yourself. The truth of the matter is, if you don't care about the earth, the animals, and people who are starving, fine. You don't have to. What about yourself? You have a chance to get rid of every illness that you have. I mean, almost every single illness can be knocked out with food. So if you want to live well and feel good and look good, look young, 
have really great skin, have no acne, have great hair, all those fun, silly things that we care about. You can have them. The latest cream that you spend your money on or the latest pill that you spend your money on is not the answer to beauty and to good health. So yeah. So I don't know how to get people excited. All I can say is that I do see the change. I do see people coming on board all the time. And I think it has to happen in their own time for whatever reason. You know, I, it didn't happen to me overnight. I knew when I was eight years old that I didn't want to hurt animals, but I was lazy and selfish until I was 21 years old. Okay. And so I would flirt in my book. I call it flirting. You know, I would from eight to 21, I was sort of vegetarian and then I wasn't vegetarian and I was sort of vegetarian. I would do, I would go back and forth because I didn't really know what I was doing. I was a little girl. There was no one around me who was doing it with me. And, uh, I just ate French fries and ice cream and that's not really sustainable. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, or is it though? <laughs> then I would give up and then, you know, Anyway, by the time I was 21, it hit me in a way that was so, so powerful and so real that I, I recognized that the change that I wanted to see had to start with me. We cannot go around complaining. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to complain about the environment if you're not doing anything about it. 100%. And I don't mean, I don't mean recycling your plastic. Not yeah. good enough. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you care, you have to go inside and go, what is it that I can do here? What's the most effective thing I can do? And, and I don't have to do it perfectly. I can do it as much as I possibly can. I love when people say I'm vegan-ish, mm -hmm. like I'm doing it as much as I can. And sometimes I fall off the wagon. Great. Right. 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 I think that's Jessica Seinfeld's whole thing, right? She's like, just try to do it as much as you can, right? And then sometimes turns into more times. Uh, we had Ed Begley on the show when we first started this podcast. And I said, what's the number one thing people could do for the environment? And I for sure thought he was going to say like drive an electric car. And he said, don't eat meat. That's the easiest thing. And I'm like, huh? And that was five years ago. And that's when I really learned how much the methane, how much these cows are doing. And he's like, literally, he said, if even people stop eating meat one day a week in just that, like that would be huge. Like if you could just stop eating. And I was like, that's so doable. Like, why don't people know that? Instead, they're buying a Tesla and they're like, eating meat all the time. And it is coming more online. Yesterday we were on Montana. We ate at Margo's and I, as a Jewish girl, ordered my first pepperoni pizza. It was vegan. It was so good. And I was like, my kids were all excited because they never had pepperoni and they, they loved it. So I was happy to see like, this is really a thing that's happening more and more. I want to ask you because at the same time that you are speaking about this, you're also a woman with a voice. And what I see is that so many women are just not taking the mic in general. And even in podcasting, you know, when I started, I think we were like 13% of podcasts were hosted by women. And now maybe it's like 24%. But if you look at leadership around the world, even though women make up half the world's population, we're definitely not making up half of the world's leaders. And so I'm really impressed because I think it takes a lot of guts and integrity to have all the things you have and then be willing to be like, whether you like it or not, this is my truth. And so what advice or thoughts do you have for women listening who have a story that they want to tell? Maybe it's even a similar story, or maybe it's a different story, but there's a feeling of like, well, what if, what are people going to think of me? Or what are they going to say? Like, oh, that's a bummer. Or, that's a downer. Or why do you like to be beautiful and strong at the same time 
is not always something women know that they have the option to do because I think we're raised to be people pleasers on some level. And I love that you're, you're all of the things and you're not holding back. So how are you allowing yourself not to hold back? Well, um, I appreciate that. And I can remember, it really just takes me back to when I was 21 and made this decision to change my life with my food. And I think what it was is that I felt exactly what you said. I didn't have self-worth. I was, my job was to please. I had very little sense of self, but what I had going for me was youth and sort of rebellious stupidity, you know, where I didn't know the consequences of my actions. And I also didn't care because I was young. So that combination is interesting because while I was a people pleaser and didn't have a strong sense of self and worth, what I had was a passion for animals. Like that's what got me. So if you had said to me, Alicia, it would be a really good idea for you to eat differently. It'll make you feel better and look better. I would have been like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell like that I couldn't do because that would be for me, right? Because I didn't have the worth yet. If you told me, you know, something about, I think the, at, at the time, I, well, I probably could have gotten down with the earth. It just wasn't what hit me first. What <laughs> hit me was the animals. I loved animals. And when I had the awareness that I was, like, if everyone could just think that every time you eat any kind of meat, you're eating your dog or your cat, I think it might change things because you really are, you know, just like when you eat fish, you're eating a whale, a dolphin, a turtle, all of these endangered sharks, endangered species who are being wrapped up in the nets and they, you know, they're just throwing it overboard. So sorry, fun stuff. But the point is that the message that came clear to me, what you're talking about, that's that um, empowerment. Yeah. When I decided to make this change for the animals, not for me, it was like, I remember going, I may not be healthy anymore because I didn't know about health yet. I may not enjoy food ever again. Oh my God, this is going to be awful. But I will stand with the animals. This was a commitment for them. That kind of commitment changed my whole worth. Suddenly I was walking around taller. I didn't have this pressure in me anymore. I felt lighter. I felt empowered as a woman. Like I can say no to something. I can say this is not okay and I'm going to do something about it. This was huge for me, for my female self-worth. It was huge. It started to lead. I take everything that I did with the animals as the best karma that ever happened to me because it changed my whole life. Not only did I ditch my asthma inhaler and stop allergy shots and, you know, lose a ton of weight and lost all my acne and, you know, got really thick, strong nails and great hair, all that stuff, whatever, all my medical stuff went away, but I became empowered as a person and led on a journey that allowed me to listen to my heart started. Once I was empowered enough to know, Oh, I can say no to something. Took me a long time to be able to say no to people. That was a harder step, (laughs) of course, But, but I was on the journey. Now, now I had a taste of, well, this is wrong. And if this is wrong, and I'm saying no to it, then perhaps I can say no to things that are wrong to me. Yeah. And perhaps I can listen to what my body needs and what I, my heart needs too. It took a long time, but it was definitely the thing that busted the door open and allowed me access to my heart and my self worth and my truth. That's so important. And it's so beautiful. And I love that you could begin by caring about these little creatures 
And then that led you to learn to care about yourself. And I also just want to say for anybody who's listening, because we talked about meat before, people don't realize that the dairy farms are even, I don't know, I don't know if you can compare them, but like what I've seen, I'm like, oh, it's even crueler. Like, it's like, don't think just by you gave up meat. It's like what they do to little babies in dairy farms is so disgusting. And the moms, it's like, um, and so I gave up dairy. That was my first one. And I was like, so happy about that. And also it was the best thing for my health. Like no one really needs to eat dairy. Like it's the worst thing. It causes so much inflammation. And like, if you just did one thing at the end of this episode, I feel like everyone try oat milk. It's amazing. This conversation is so good. Before we keep going, we're going to thank our sponsors. Canva Pro makes it simple to create stunning visual content in any format from social media posts to videos to presentations and websites. It's so fast and easy and fun to design pretty much whatever you want with Canva Pro. And even if you don't have any design experience, they have thousands of professionally designed templates to help you get started, which was such a blessing when I first began making graphics for my songwriting business. I cannot even tell you. So now we use Canva Pro almost every single day to make our social media graphics. We've also used it to create video reels, worksheets, and we've even used it to make our own podcast artwork. I especially love love that they have so many fonts and colors to choose from. Plus we can add other elements like sparkles or glitter to make it even more fun. And it's really helped me to involve my branding because they give you just so many possibilities. You can even manage your social media posts with Canva Pro. You can plan, create, and share content directly to all your channels from one place, including the option to schedule your posts ahead of time. You can also create a one-page website for your business in a matter of minutes, including being able to monitor analytics. So Wow your audience with Canva Pro, the easiest way to create presentations. Get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash dreamjob to get your free 45-day extended trial. It's no secret that I love sushi, but gas station sushi, not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all the difference, and the same goes for finding the right doctor, obviously. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network, and in your neighborhood, one that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported in your herd, even if you're telling them all about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun. So whether you're trying to go straighten your teeth or fix an achy back or get that mole checked out or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is easy to use. In fact, just a few taps, you can search, find, and book doctors. Plus, you can find and review local doctors and read verified patient reviews from real people so that when you walk into the doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. I love that they're taking away the headache of searching for the right doctor and making appointments because taking care of your health should be such a top priority. And the more that they take away those obstacles, the more likely we're going to go see the doctor. So it's no surprise that every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours too. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash dreamjob, ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob. Speaking of healing, you have a podcast that you're going to do another season of it. And it's called The Real Heal. And you've had conversations with incredible people. I love Zach Bush. Um, Ed Begley was also on your show. What is it about healing in the broader sense now that you've learned how to heal with food and heal the planet, but also you're healing yourself? What else has worked for you when you are feeling low and you're having a bad moment? What do you orient back to that helps you to feel a sense of healing, feel a sense of repair in your own life? Well, there's so many things, right? And um, just to speak to the podcast for a second and then to go there, 
is that I wanted to ask the question really deeply, what is it going to take for us to heal ourselves? Because everyone's suffering. Everyone's suffering on some level. I mean, 100%. And, you know, people who don't want to hear the truth, you tell them the truth and they freak out, right? <laughs> like they can't deal with it. The people who don't want to look at themselves, they don't want to deal with reality. They're lying to themselves. Those are like the simple little ways in which people are self-medicating themselves to death. Everyone's on antidepressants and anxiety meds and not getting to the root of anything, right? And I'm not saying that some people don't need those things. I'm just saying that it's- Oh, yeah certainly overprescribed, says my dearest friend, who's a therapist. The point is, is people are suffering and our earth is suffering and animals are suffering and other people are suffering. So if we just look at, it's too overwhelming. And so what I wanted to do was look at what's it really, really, really going to take to heal ourselves, our planet, in our communities. What are we going to do? And so I have conversations with all the people you mentioned, Kevin Smith, who almost died of a heart attack and then changed his life. And Pinky Cole in Atlanta, who's taking food deserts and turning them around with her. That's incredible. Her restaurants. Um, my friend, Mary Walden, who's an amazing, um, like one of the most amazing humans and also happens to be a clinical therapist in Chicago talking about love and how to love ourselves and what we do. So there's so many things that I do feel like the podcast is the way to get all, get into the nitty gritty of how you can, because you can do so much for yourself. You can do so much for yourself and it's all available to you. For me, I get overwhelmed a lot because I want to do so much. Like I want to get my podcast done right now, but I, I'm a little bit pooped because I just finished like three movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I want to be a really present mother. So I'm always really mindful to be with my son. Number one, how do I balance my acting, my activism, my, my businesses, right? It, it, all of these different things that I care about. And I want to have a social life, you know, and I'd like to meet someone. <laughs> so it's like, there's sort of, there's a lot to balance. And so sometimes I go, oh, and what I do is I just go quiet and I go into like, okay, I know that this is going to pass this feeling and all I need to, because I don't need to, what you're panicking right now. What are you panicking about? Take an hour and you can, you have a choice. You can go on a walk. You can sit down and literally prioritize like what can wait till tomorrow, push it off, push it off. Okay. Now we're left with what has to happen. Now what has to happen right now. And that might take an hour for me to do or two hours to do, but I feel so much better at the end of it because now I have a plan. Some simple thing that I do that's sort of pathetic, and maybe everyone knew this when they were like 18, and I just figured it out, and I still have to remind myself, oh my God, it's so lame. But every night before bed, <laughs> if I take a piece of paper and a pen, not my stupid computer that has 7 million notes of what I have to do, but a piece of paper and pen and literally look at 7 a.m., 7.30, and put everything into a home of time, I suddenly relax and go, ah. There's my day. I don't have time for these things. So now there's no pressure to have to do them. And when I just have my little piece of paper that has every single thing on it, it just, then I can relax into what I'm actually capable of doing because I haven't given myself, you know, this unattainable, unsatisfying list because where I keep all my notes is it's so much. If you saw it, you'd start crying of what I need to do. I can't even imagine. I can't, I honestly, I, I think I have a lot to do. And then you just listed that. And I was like, I would need three life lives to do that. Yeah, you do. But I also want to say something about you, which is very obvious. And I think it's also a helpful point for people to hear it potentially. 
which is my rabbi often says, we are just the radio. We're not the song. And when we're a great radio and we have like radical reception, the song plays. And with you, it's so obvious there's just a stream coming through you. And look, there's a lot of girls who they could have casted in all of those movies, right? Like even when you were young. And there's a reason you were like a magnet for it because there's something, there's very clear signal coming through you. Let's say that. And it's bigger than you. And you, you had it early on. You knew like, what is this? Why do I feel so drawn to? Why do I care so much? Why is there this sensitivity to, to so much that's bigger than me? Right. And so I think part of, at least for me, what's, what's helped me have three kids and do whatever I'm doing is like, just show up and let it just move through you. You know, like there's no way my ego self is going to be able to do this interview with you. Or like, you know, we had Chelsea Clinton here on Monday and she's like, I have three kids and I'm trying to literally change the world. So I'm going to take it one second at a time. And she had like 19 things that she does every day. And she's like, you know, and being present, it's amazing. You know, it's like, that's, really, like you said, you, that's where you meet God, like in the present moment. Right. And then it's like, it just can, we don't have to muscle it, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like, you were put in this position for a time like this. You've been given all these opportunities because there's a, there's an ability you have where the Wi-Fi pours through you. And you know that. You just made me think, thank you. You just made me think of two things that I have to say to you. One is about breastfeeding and the other is about sleep. So the other critical, the most easy thing you can do to get the Wi-Fi moving when you're feeling overwhelmed is to make, to go, did I sleep? I haven't slept. (laughs) Sleep is critical. And how do you get the best sleep? By drinking water in the day and not during the night because you forgot to drink water. And we get the best sleep from eating well. So if we're eating well, like really eating well, following the kind diet, eating good nourishing food that's healing our organs and allowing them to relax, then sleep is a blessing and a wake up refresh. And now I can be present with you, my kid, my dogs, all the calls, all the emails, all the texts, all the things. Now I can manage it. But when I'm under, because I haven't slept, because I was eating not good food, then everything's so much harder. What I was going to say about breastfeeding is you talked about the presence, about the present moment being where God lives. When I had my son and I, when he would come onto my boob, I just remember everything going away, all the noise of the world. He healed me. Breastfeeding healed me because it was like all the noise went away and I would just, the only thing that mattered in the entire universe was this baby on my boobie. And this present moment of just being in such heaven, in such union with him, him getting what he needed naturally for me, me giving him what he needed, it just laser focused me. It really helped me, I have to say, to no longer be sort of like, ah, 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 you know, there's so much, so much. It just got like right here. I totally remember those moments in the middle of the night and like, not wanting to get out of bed at first because of course your eyes are burning and then you sit down in that like rocker we all had like the same one and then you're like oh this is the moment I was made for yeah and all I have to do is be in this moment and 
not to be so Jewish. I, I've never said this on the podcast before, but I just feel like sharing it with you because I just learned it. My rabbi just said to me just last week, he said, you know, the word for God in Hebrew is like this Yud and hey, we don't even pronounce it. Like we say Hashem or Adonai, but it's not even the pronunciation of it. And he said that conjugation, those, those letters is actually is, was, and will be. So the name of God is that which was, is, was, and will be. Because from God's vantage point, there's only one long present moment. There's no past and future. There's just now. And what's interesting, he was like, you know, on the earth, it's 24 hours is a day. But on Jupiter, a day is nine hours and 58 minutes. And if you were to go outside the solar system, one hour is 26 seconds. And if you kept going, time evaporates. So there's no time. So from God's perspective, it's all one present moment, all of it. And it's, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around the universe, but like so much of that, whether you use the word God or the universe, like that's science, like that's just the way time is. That's Einstein, basically. That's the theory of time being elastic and it's relative. And in most of this universe, there's no time, right? And if you took something that has mass, like this crystal or this like coffee cup, and you threw it really fast, matter turns into energy when it speeds up. So really that is where all the juice is, is in the present moment. That's where all the coherence is. And I just learned that. So I felt like sharing it with you, but it's so beautiful what you just said. And I do want to talk a little bit about the organics because the other thing that happened to me just this last week is I took all these food sensitivity tests and had a phlebotomist come here three times and did all this testing. And now I'm only going to air one. I'm only eating organic because I didn't realize the chemicals that were in my system. And I'm so grossed out by it. I've had now two drip hydration IVs at my, like, I'm like, get it out of me. So what's going on, Alicia? Like, we don't understand the poison. Even when you're eating vegetables, I realized I was eating a lot of garbage because it wasn't organic. So can you help shed a little light on that and then tell us about your vitamin line and why that might be helpful? So I think, you know, for my experience of it was I was pregnant with my son and my midwife said, you should take a prenatal. And so I said, oh, but I eat like really, really well. Right. <laughs> I mean, do you know me? Do you know? <laughs> and she said, yeah, but what about when you're traveling or, you know, you on set and you can't get the food that day or whatever? There's something where it's in your way. What about as an insurance policy? And I thought, I could get behind that. Fine. Sold. I'll take a prenatal, you know, occasionally or, you know, for insurance policy. So now I'm looking for one and I can't find anything that's clean. And this really, really freaked me out. Wait a second. Vitamins are supposed to be to make you well. So why are they all loaded with chemicals? And even the ones that were the best brands, I called my super, super healthy friends, asked them, what are the best brands? They tell me the best brands. I go look at them. Okay. Well, they some of them had food-based stuff, but then it was wrapped in chemicals and it wasn't organic. Oh, gross. And it has, and it's not on GMO verified. So I just went, okay, there's something really wrong here. No one has clean vitamins, like no one. So I said, well, then I have to make them for myself, <laughs> for my friends and for everyone else, because this is ridiculous. So I did, I went and I went looking for a partner and I found um, Garden of Life and we connected together and we decided to do this together. And we created the first ever non-GMO verified, certified organic, all food-based, no fillers, no binders, clean vitamins. So what you're taking is actually food and that's called My Kind Organics. And 
it took a long time to make, you know, and we had to come up with clean tablet technology. We had to come up with, um, which is the thing that makes them actually not have all those chemicals in them. And we had, you know, when we made adaptogens and all that, we had to figure out ways to extract from turmeric and in a way, because they use hexane, which is gasoline. Oh my God. When you buy turmeric from anyone, it's usually, first of all, it's not organic. And second of all, its extraction process uses GMO corn oil and hexane. Gross. So we found ways to do it that was not that way, but it took a while, right? And then our gummies, all the delicious gummies are made. There's no gelatin in them. Just just in case any of your audience doesn't know what gelatin is, aside from it just being an animal product, gross. But what it really is, is all the slaughterhouse leftovers. That's so gross. The toenails, the the bones. Can't even. The, but then- No, keep going, keep going. This is so important. They have to know this about their gummy bears. That's, it's so gross. That's not even the, that's not even, so it's gross parts, but then they flash it with acid. So they're pouring acid all over it. And then that's what gelatin is. Great, cool. So, Want some Swedish fish, anyone? Huh? So um, I think they make vegan ones. You just have to look for them, by the way. That's um, exciting. Case you need. I do, I need. <laughs> so- Ultimately, it was just, we had to come up with a way to make a gummy vitamin that was going to be just as delicious. I didn't want to put sugar in there. Why would I want to take sugar? If I'm going to have sugar, it's going to be in the best vegan cake ever. I am not going to waste (laughs) my sugar quota on a vitamin that I take every day. So, um, you know, fair fair enough, right? I mean, sorry. So I took all that we did, had no sugar, no gelatin, and they are delicious and they're fabulous. So we just at every turn had to find a way to make, you know, the collagen is all the rage. Everybody loves collagen. Well, you can't take, you can take it, but it's not going to do anything. You have to build collagen from within your body. So we created um, a thing. It's called collagen builder because what it does is build collagen from within your body. And I think it's like a big gimmick right now. You know, one of those, it's, you know, the, it's a fad to to eat collagen, but it's, it's not going to do you any good. Oh my gosh, it's so important. I literally just realized just uh, how much is in what we're eating. And yeah, I mean, it can save your life and it will. (laughs) So I'm going to make sure that we put the links to this and I'm going to do some stories about it because I, of course, everything is a vibrational match. So of course I would meet you this week because I just went non-dairy, gluten-free, organic, and then we get to have this conversation, which is so beautiful. I do have to ask you as a callback because some of my audience, they knew you were coming on. I was like, what do you want to ask her? And there were like 19 questions that who has time for all those, but just as a callback, because we all grew up with you. And one of the things is like, did you actually develop a crush on Paul Rudd? And if you didn't, how could you possibly not have developed a crush on him? What the hell? How, how is that your life? How freaking lucky for both of you? I don't think I did at the time, but I think as in a woman, I have. Later in years, I think I did. So I officially could say that I have a crush on him now. <laughs> but I didn't. Can we call him? Because maybe he's been waiting 25 years for that. Mary. I know, I know, I know, I know. The chemistry was pretty I'd real. I take Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, the chemistry was so good. It was just like, I, we're I can't good, not. Smile. We're good actors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And how, and the other question people had was like, how much fun were you having on that set? Cause it did seem like you had the best time. To be honest, I was miserable. <laughs> oh my God. 
So no, it didn't have the best time. All my fun started later in life because at the time I had fun on the crush, the crush. I was having a ball. Um, but on Clueless, I had been working nine movies back to back and I was a young girl and I hadn't slept in forever. And I was in every single scene. So while Paul was coming in and out and Donald Faison's coming in and out, like they're having the time of their lives. I'm over there every single day, like, (laughs) and, um, so I loved playing Cher. Do not get me wrong. I loved playing that part artistically. I was so turned on. But just I was having an ulcer the whole time from, I mean, I remember just being in agony because I was so exhausted and tired and overwhelmed and stressed with my own personal life. So yeah. I can't say I was having a ball, but being Cher, I was having a ball artistically. It was. Amazing. I think everybody wants to be her. And are you aware? I'm sure you are that like everyone's dressing up like that now. Like that's like now the new. Now look. it's been going on for like, I mean, I've been, every, this has been going on for like 15 years. The so every year is the anniversary celebration and every year people go crazy and it's amazing. It's It's amazing that my daughter who's 10 that's what she wanted to be for Halloween. And she's never seen the movie because it's not quite appropriate yet. And I'm like, how do you know about this plaid yellow outfit? She's like, I have to have it. So we have it in her closet in three sizes because she wanted to do it for Halloween and Purim. So that's what she was the last two years, four times. Like, And I, and her friends are all into it too. That's crazy it, that she knows about it, but hasn't seen it. She definitely does. And that's what I'm saying. It's It's just... It's so fun. And, but all of this is mommy for waiting. I like that you're conscious. Well, I actually tried to show it to her and then there's that scene and it gets a little scary and you, you know, the the party and you have to get dropped off and and I'm just like, okay, yeah, she can't see that yet. But, um, good job. What's, what's so cool about you is that you're literally the coolest person and then you care so freaking much and you were able to take all of this influence and use it for the best stuff. So I just think you're the best. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's high stakes, right, to be an activist. But when you have so much, it's really high stakes because you don't know how that's going to be received. And you're putting so much on the line. And you'd think, why? I'm just caring about the world. But sometimes people are like, I don't know, we'd rather not have an activist in the room and you're willing to just keep beating that drum and that takes actual courage. So you should feel so good about what you do every day. And it's so fun. So tell us what to look for. You have your books, you have the organic line, you have the podcast that's coming next. What's the thing that you want to send people to? You could even say multiple things, but we want to be a part of it. We want to get on board. We want to follow it. And even do you want to just tell them where's the next place they can see you acting? I don't even know if any of that's public yet. I think that the thing I would love most is for people to follow me on Instagram because then they can hear about everything. That's the way I, it's my little news report, right? I can tell you what's going on. And I would love if you're interested in any of this stuff that you listen to my podcast, The Real Heal, and that you um, read my book, The Kind Diet. If you're even remotely interested in adding any of this goodness into your life, you can read it and then you'll have more information and it makes it easy. I really break it down so that it's easy and not overwhelming. Talking about it here can sound like, oh my God, right? But in the book, it's just so laid out in a way that you go, oh, I can do that. That's not a problem at all. 
all. I can date my local vegan restaurants. That's easy. So I think reading my book would be amazing. Going to Instagram so that you can follow all the activity and know what's happening. Look at stories. Look at, I think stories and page are important personally, because then, you know, stories are probably the most important because you get like the news and the podcast, listen to the first 10 episodes. It'll take no time at all. And then more to come soon. And as far as acting goes, you could watch on Hulu, Last Survivor, or The Requin. Those are the newest things that I had come out. Or if you have kids, Babysitter's Club is super cute. And um, (laughs) I just have a movie with Benicio Del Toro and Justin Timberlake coming out, I don't know, probably early next year on Netflix. And I just, I'm American Horror Stories is coming very soon. I'm in the season finale and that will be like, Oh my God, Alicia, I really don't know how you just, (laughs) you're one human being, but yeah, you're a good radio, really, really good radio. So I will put links to all of that. And because I really, really genuinely care about this, I'm going to on my Instagram and on at the end of this, I'm going to record an outro that I'm going to do a giveaway for people. If they go follow you and I can verify it, I'm going to give away, I'll buy like your book and some of the organics because I really freaking care. And then you too. So you don't, we can get you what you need if you want. I mean, it's the easiest thing to support you. Like I'd be so happy to, I don't need you to do that, but I just want to. So you'll, we'll do that. And and we'll also put links to it, but you're so adorable and hot and smart. (laughs) So thanks for coming on. You're the best. You were a delight. So thank you so much. It was just so much fun talking to Alicia. My younger self would have not believed that one day I would be having such a great conversation with her. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, there are things in the world that need to be fixed. You have it in your bones to be part of the solution. Number two, we are responsible for what happens in the world. Every action we take has so much power. You can make a choice today that can lead to kindness and change. Number three, you don't have to do it perfectly. It's okay to keep falling off as long as you keep getting back up. Number four, when we feed and fuel ourselves with goodness, our mood, health, relationships, and awareness will be different. Everything becomes so high vibration that you'll have the life you're destined to have. Number five, the change you want to see has to start with you. If you care, you have to go inside and ask yourself, what could I do here? Number six, when you're feeling anxious and panicked, go quiet. This feeling will pass. Number seven, we're the radio, not the song. Number eight, you meet God in the present moment. All the juice and coherence is in the present moment. Thank you so much for listening. I just can't put into words how grateful I am. There are so many good episodes that are coming up. So please make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you love this episode or any of the other 600 plus episodes we've already aired, then tell us by leaving a review, leaving a rating, share it with a friend. It's definitely the best way to support the show. And it's totally free to rate and review, obviously. So if you know someone who loves Lisa Silverstone or who is such a clueless fan or someone who you think would be inspired by this conversation, then please take a second right now and email them the link or text them the link. Or you could post about this on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and I will repost some of those and tag Alicia at Alicia Silverstone because I know that it's going to make her so happy to see that you guys got something from this chat. And if you want to get on the wait list for my retreat at my house, you can go to kathyheller.com slash lux to sign up for that and get on the wait list because odds are sometimes there is a spot that opens up. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Fresh coat of paint, change my scenery. Wake up in the morning and choose to be brave.